There was one time, Elizabeth, when I was a VIP guest and they bring me this soup and it smells a little strange. I'm looking and I'm looking, it's broth and there's something in there. And I looked down and I said, that looks like a big floating bug in there. And my Chinese hostess next to me says, it is Dr. Tracy, enjoy. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is a very fascinating lady who has achieved so many different things in her life. She's the founder of the Feminine Boss Academy. She is the owner of Mrs. Glow, the author of many different books. She established the Win Foundation, which is a non-profit foundation. And then the last thing that I noticed when I was studying uh, this fascinating woman I noticed this event that's happening in Greece, which is called Discover the Divine. And I'm going to want to hear everything about all these different things. Dr. Tracy Campbell, welcome to Most Memorable Journeys. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. I'm really happy to be here. I know that you got up very early. It's You are in California. I am in Cyprus. <laughs> we have like a 10 hours time difference. So yeah, my day exactly. is nearly ending and yours is just starting. And, um, well, how are you and how are things with you? Things are wonderful. You know, it's, it's, I love this time of year as we're starting to spring, creep back into the sunlight hours and the warm weather. And I'm looking at the, the pictures behind you and I'm like, oh, the blue waters. <laughs> so this is a happy time of year. That's wonderful. Let's talk a little bit about how all this came about and also a little bit about Dr. Tracy's travel habits. When was the first time you were on a plane? The first time I was on a plane, I was a little girl. My mother is from Central America. And I think that that's probably where I got the travel bug because um, I will never forget <clears throat> we were flying down to Central America my first time and my mother had us, you know, dressed up with our white gloves. This one traveling was very um, luxurious in that sense. And we boarded a Pan American airplane and the air hostess then called stewardesses were, were just immaculate. And it was just such a glorious experience that I think that's when I got the bug. Don't you miss this kind of traveling? I, I remember, I mean, Pan Am doesn't exist anymore. And all those... I do have some of the memorabilia. <laughs> you do? Yes. <laughs> Did you take a few things with you? I bought my husband a collector pair of, of um, cufflinks. Oh, I see. I see. But though it was so different and we had paper tickets, you know, and when you had lost your ticket, you were you were done. You had to buy a new one. It was so stressful. That was the one thing I did I did not like. But yes, I do miss the luxury of of flying. I think I, I remember at that time when you would take long transatlantic trips that you would actually pack something in your handbag to to change into once you were in the cabin and <laughs> And now you could show up in your sweats and fall asleep in your sweats and wake up in your sweats. And yeah, it's different. Things have changed a lot. And of course, also all these low cost carriers have changed uh, travel habits very much. Where did you grow up? Did you grow up in the U.S.? 
I did. My mother, uh, my mother is, as I said, from Central America. So I'm half Latina and my father uh, is American Indian. So I am part Cherokee Indian. And I grew up here in California. Um, but my happy place in the universe where I think my soul was birthed is Greece. So I spend time now between California and Greece. How did this come about? I mean, there's a lot more that I want to know, but that Greek thing really made an impression on me. How, how are you connected to Greece? Well, in in in, in various ways, um, in very practical ways, my husband is is part Greek and he has family there, and that's a fascinating story, just as it is, because he was separated from them um, at a very young age. And so what happened, it was in 1996, I believe, 1995, 1996. I should say one of my past lives, I was a professional broadcaster. And so I was uh, invited to host the Miss Europe contest. And it was taking place in Albania, in Tirana. And so I, um, in the communication breakdown, they said, um, if you'll come host our show, there's um, uh, 100,000 viewers and whatnot. So in my head, I'm like, oh, that's a very small show. And so I said, sure. So I jumped on the plane with my mother-in-law. It was a huge misinterpretation because I got off the, the plane and the paparazzi was there and the cars and the security waiting for me. And I'm trying to like wait a minute, what's happening here? It was uh, televised on Eurovision. Um, Gypsy Kim Zukuro were the performers in the show. I mean, it was like this huge, elaborate production. I met the president. And so it, at the end of the trip, my mother-in-law, who she is German, she said, should we go to Greece and see if we find Spiro's father? Why not? We're next door. And so she's had an old telephone number, his best friend from like the 50s to 60s. And she called it and he answered. We said, OK, I guess we're going to Greece. We jumped, jumped on a what a half an hour flight or something of that nature. We landed and I met my husband's father, birth father at that time. And and then he's an only child here in the States. During that short trip there, which lasted probably four or five days, I discovered he had this huge Greek family, like huge. And I said, you have to meet this family. They're so curious about you. Within that, there are two nieces that are also our goddaughters now. And so just slowly started going over there. But it was one of those things, Elizabeth, that... I think it, it's, I, I really believe that different parts of the world vibrate at different levels and that there are certain places in the world that our soul just vibrates higher. And ever since I was young, the pictures of the blue seeds, the white cobblestones, the bougainvillea, um, it, it just had always, the tyrannas, it had always just kind of captured, like, <gasps> it would kind of like make my heart pound like a great lost love. Oh, there they are. And when I stepped foot on the motherland of Greece the very first time, I literally went like, <gasps> and I just fell in love with it. And it's it's just a place that my soul loves. My soul is just happy there. What an amazing story. You know, I was a tour guide for 11 years 
in the 80s when I was young. And my first destination was Rodos in, uh, in Greece. Oh. And then my second summer was in Skiathos in the north. I oh. love Greece and I learned to speak Greek in, in Skiathos because nobody spoke English. And um, I also love Greek music. I have a very similar feeling like you do. Okay, I, Cyprus is a little different, but it's still yes. the same, uh, you know, it's the same mentality and it's the same roots. And uh, I feel you. But another thing that I want to come back to, you said that was in 1996 in Albania. What was Albania like in 1996? Because I've been there a few times, but that was shortly after it opened. Opened up to the world. Yes. Now, of course, I saw that the best, uh, the best of Albania. So my memories are wonderful. It was Tirana was a very beautiful city. Uh, it was very clean. the The people were just wonderful. The food was fantastic. The production was uh, beyond professional. Um, and uh, I fell in love with Tirana at at that time. Um, and to this day, I still have some of my very closest friends over there. One of my very best friends is actually still in Tirana. She's, I, I always call her, she's like the stand-in queen of Tirana. Her name is Rabona Salamladi. And she's just an amazing woman doing so much good work for the country. Fantastic. Fantastic. I love, I mean, it's the same thing. Like it's, it's, it's going onwards from Greece and I think that southern part of Albania this coast of Saranda is just so beautiful the waters there are incredible we should take a trip together we should <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about Mrs. Globe how did Mrs. Globe start tell me a little bit about that I'm fascinated I have to tell you that because I am the Global Woman Director in Cyprus and I had this lady visiting my club a month ago whose name is Grete, Grete Brokieme from Lithuania. And she told me about Mrs. Globe and about you. And that's how, when I started looking into this and I was fascinated. So Mrs. Globe is one of my, my business babies. You know, I think it's really important to be in love with what you do. And um, this is a... A company that the way that I would describe it, it's like the Miss Universe, only for Mrs. And it's gone through a great evolution. It's uh, 25, 26 years old right now. And I won the contest years ago, took it over and brought it here to the States and then took it global. Uh, it's been a labor of love. Um, when I set out to do it, I said, you know what, I'm going to. One of the things about me personally is. I know my, my mission in life and my mission in life is really to celebrate women and remind a woman of her greatness. And there's a whole spiritual experience that enlightened me to that. But at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of my drive behind everything is to have a woman rerun into herself. So when I became very inspired about the Mrs. Uh, market, I said, okay, I'm going to make this the number one Mrs. Uh, pageant in the world, celebrating women globally. And at our last broadcast before COVID, we, there were uh, 5,000 in the audience and 100 million live viewers on TV. So I, I met my goal. Um, as we expanded, um, and it's very important in business, of course, to, to always be expanding, I noticed that what was happening is that as my demographic was changing, that the, the more mature woman um, who had so much to bring to the table wasn't, uh, I mean, it's difficult to, you know, 
32 year old body, 42 year old body, you know, and it, cause and it is a beauty event. Um, so I opened up the Mrs. Globe Classique. And so this is an independent international um, celebration of, of women in culture and charity for women over 45. And then as life continued, I expanded the, the demographic. That was uh, seven years ago. And then three years ago, I expanded the, the demographic to uh, plus size women. So now we have a Mrs. Carvey globe. So now we're celebrating all types of women. It took me 25 years to get there. And uh, the greatest thing is that we do lots of work for charity, which you can imagine right now, we're busy with what's happening with um, the, the crisis, the war crisis. Yeah, that's amazing. So I like that because it's not just this one stereotype kind of woman that that's beautiful and there is an opportunity for everyone and you know it's how do you define beauty really you know internationally I just think that uh, the the female face when it's infused with the different cultures around the world is just a piece of art Uh, to me it's you know everybody is just so beautiful in their own unique hand-painted way that I just I just love to celebrate it yeah, that's very, very beautiful. Now, apart from Greece, because you do travel around a lot, don't you? Because especially for, for these for, for work as well. But do you also travel for fun? And when you do, where do you go? Well, okay, I, I do love to take road trips in Greece. I still, you know, it's still there's so much to see and do there. And then the just the vibe of the area is so much fun for me. Um, Hawaii is a big annual trip. And just to go with the, the tropical breezes and the music and sandy beaches. I'm really a warm weather traveler. I, I most enjoy going to warm weather uh, locations. And so that's a, a, an annual one that we do. I really, you know, my mom gave me a great piece of advice when I began traveling. So when you say like, where's your, your favorite places or, or whatnot, She said to me, when you get on this airplane, lose your passport. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, meaning that you have been born and raised in the United States of America. We have such a sophisticated way of of living that if you compare it to anywhere you go, you're going to find disappointments. And so rather than go in and do any comparitis, just go in and experience and dive into the culture and dive into the music and dive into the way of life there so that you can can leave um, more um, infused with the, the experience of, that, of, of people of that area and the culture. I have this uh, ability to, no matter where I go, I'm just... I, I, because I'm not comparing it to anything, I'm just experiencing it. And I have a, a rule within myself as well as like my team and anybody that I work with whenever we're traveling is where is not to complain that if something is really, really, really shocking to us, um, and I do have some very, very, very shocking stories, just take a deep breath and say, well, that's special. <laughs> <laughs> That's special. Like there was one time, Elizabeth, when I was a VIP guest and they bring me this soup and it smells a little strange. I'm looking and I'm looking, it's broth and there's something in there. And I looked down and I said, that looks like a big 
floating bug in there. And my Chinese hostess next to me says, it is Dr. Tracy, enjoy. <laughs> and I remember, and everybody's watching me, you know, it, it, waiting for me to enjoy the, the delicacy that they made. And I'm like, oh man, here I go, you know, and I took a sip and in my head, I'm like, this is special. This is special. It's very, oh. That's very special. <laughs> it was really special. I'm like sweating now just thinking about it. It's not always easy because on the one hand, I remember that when I was a tour guide, on the one hand, you really, really want things to be just special and you have obviously don't want to offend anybody, but sometimes it's not. So I have swallowed things whole because... <laughs> <laughs> because you know, I just wanted to eat them, but I but I didn't really enjoy them. So I know where you're coming from there. Yeah, I've done that a few times, and a few times a little napkin thing. Oh, wonderful! Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the other thing, like when you you talking about different cultures and different places, and tr- meeting so many different, in your case, mostly women, but oh, surely you're you're meeting men as well. Do you feel that the more you travel? the more you realize that we are all the same? I think traveling is the one of the best things to do, not just for your soul, but for the expansion of you as a human being. That it's when you travel, it, it will remove your prejudices. I think you become very grateful for what you have. You become less arrogant for all the things you realize you don't have that you walk into some cultures and you're like, this is amazing how these people live, how they celebrate certain parts of life and family and community. And I, I think that, you know, it's, it, it's just needs to be a prerequisite for, for everyone. And I think that we would have a lot fewer problems in the world if people stepped into the shoes of, of other people, you know, to me, it's, you know, I have my PhD in psychology and I specialize in the world of, of, of narcissism. And the biggest thing about narcissism is that narcissists lack empathy. I think that when we're not well-traveled and we go and we begin to judge other people's differences, we're lacking the empathy. And I think that the tool for us to be able to learn that, that empathy towards other cultures and other people's um, is traveling and stepping into their shoes and experiencing their way of life. And it recalibrates um, a higher definition of, of what we think humanity is. Yeah. And I also think that um, racism very often is, or racism and arrogance or this feeling of superiority is often also fear, don't you think? It's uh. it's, it's it's not knowing. It's it. It's some some people who are they don't really mean it that bad. It's just that they are afraid of finding out. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of it. It's a. It's amazing how many people operate in fear that they don't recognize that it's fear that they're operating in. Mm-hmm. And it would help if they just started talking to a person sometimes, you know, because when you look, when you're on a playground with kids, kids are not, they don't know racism not exactly. until they're taught. It's taught. Exactly. Now let's talk a little bit about the Feminine Boss Academy. I like the sound of that. Are you a very bossy lady? <laughs> I, hopefully I'm a good leader. Um, I am a perfectionist in recovery. Over the years of me learning how to run a business um, and whatnot, 
I have had to learn to get my perfectionism under control because I have a certain way in my head that I want things done, a certain uh, style and learning the art of delivering that and accepting that nobody but you is going to be you and everybody will output a different product. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think, I think um, you'd have to ask the people that work for me, but I think I'm a good boss. I try to be more of a leader than a boss. Yeah, and I think um, understanding that there are different ways to do something is also important in life because, um, you know, it's not always, it's some people, for some people, it's either their way or the highway, but I think there are so many different ways you can achieve something. Absolutely. So the Feminine Boss is, it's, it is an academy and um, it's really what the evolution of the next part of my business in that I've spent years and years um, developing my B. I'm always like, I always say, I'm always my first client, my first patient, <laughs> my first study, uh, developing myself and, um, and then side by side developing uh, a business. Like so many uh, women, and I'm 58 right now, so I come from a time you know, before the internet and I come at a time when entering into the workforce, there was that hardcore pressure for us to be very masculine on the workforce. And so like so many women, I burnt out. Not once, I burnt out several times. And around 2014, I became a student of thought and I began to learn a whole new world about how to manifest your life, um, how to work effortlessly. And it, it really stems from um, this thing called the, 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 it's a feminine energy. And we all have like, a, this is the yin and the yang, we all have masculine energy and feminine, but what's happened in our culture is that it, we're very masculine driven and it's this masculine driven energy that's burning us out because it's the do, 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 get up and do your work, do, do, do. You know, the masculine energy is do the work, have the results and then be that person. And the feminine energy is a different mindset. It's about being that person first, doing the actions of that person, and you're going to have the results. And it's a much more effortless life. So in the academy, um, it's a combination of really diving deep to make sure that you are operating your business. And I call myself a femininity preservationist um, because our power is our femininity. We, we don't have to apologize for being female. We don't have to compare ourselves to males. They have great strengths. We have great strengths. And uh, we bring a lot to the table just infusing that balance and, and really learning to run. You know, I, I say that to be a feminine boss, it's learning to be the boss of your B, your business, your bank account, your body, your beauty, and your bliss. And when we learn to master those six things that we're really, we are the, we're the boss of our life. And, uh, you know, I'm the boss of, I'm the boss of me and, and the navigator of this journey. And the beautiful thing is you're not taking away anything from anyone. You're just stepping deeper into a, a higher definition of self. And while you're doing it, being able to cultivate that, what you do and, and, and make what you do into a bottom line business. Yeah, that sounds amazing because once we understand that the only person who can change us is us 
I think mm-hmm. that's a big step and, and a, a, a big amount of knowledge because we cannot change anybody else. I think that's yeah. nobody is going to change for us. We have to change and, and we have to change the way we look at things. And another thing that I always, I, I read this book, I can't remember what it's called, but at the end, really, we don't regret the things we did. We regret the things that we didn't do. Yeah, that's by uh, uh, Brene Brown, I believe that it's. Is the, it Brene Brown? I'm not sure, yeah. but yeah, it's it's just. I think it's just so important to understand when we are hesitating to do something. Sometimes just do it. It's interesting that you should bring that up because that book inspired me to write uh, this book of mine. One of my books is called "How Not to Care What People Think." And, uh-huh. <laughs> and I wrote it because I realized it really, really like hit me deep, which many people, of course, recognizing, and I had done a lot of, of personal work, but recognizing how still, even after all that personal work, there were many areas of my life that even down to sometimes my first voice that I was abandoning just to make sure that other people around me were comfortable and, and, and whatnot. And then I learned a beautiful, um, I call them my memos from normal land that says, I have not been put on this earth to make you comfortable with me. And I never got that memo. I always got the one that said, you know, it's my job to make everybody comfortable and safe and happy. And then when I realized I, I haven't been put on this earth to make you comfortable with me, that if, if we're both, going through life being me and our worlds blend we're just a good match yeah and I think we can all make an effort can't we it's it shouldn't just be one-sided I think I mean this is the thing you know if everybody swept what is it mother Teresa if everybody swept in front of their own door the world would be a much would would be a lot cleaner yeah exactly But um, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. And and I was actually thinking that today. Do you believe if more women were in power polit- in, 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 in politics, do you think things would be different? Are women better politicians? I think that um, if a woman sheds uh, her fears and the way that she was cultured to be more behind the scenes, I think women make great leaders because they, there's two things. There, one thing that that I'll use this as an example. Men and women experience depression differently. And you're going like, what does this have to do with the answer? And I'll tell you, is that men experience depression at the loss of their family or the loss of their job. And women experience depression at a disruption in their their family or their, their personal relationships. So I think that when a woman is in a point of leadership, when she sees this disruption and this turmoil building, she kicks in and she's like, Mm-mm, it just doesn't feel right for me. We have to find a way to get everybody safe and peaceful. And, um, and so I think that that natural gift within us to, to be aware of this person is in pain and, and we don't have to sacrifice this one in order to, to have that one. Um, allows women to be very effective communicators and leaders. Yeah, that sounds sounds like my way as well. Let's go back a little bit to most memorable journeys. What are your travel plans apart from going to Greece? And if there was no COVID, where would you go? Or, or, or is it what's it like in the US? Are you still very restricted? 
No, we are, thank God, we are out of masks in the, in the county. You would not know that COVID was here anymore in the county. Of course, people can choose to still wear a mask. I think today on the on the television, they're taking uh, masks out of out of the airplanes on April 16th, which will be great. But uh, it's finally it's behind us uh, here locally. I know that there's another strain coming in, but I really believe that we're just going to have to learn to live with COVID and um, you know just be safe and clean and uh, practice you know the, some common sense things. As a world traveler, I learned very easy to do um, these behaviors. <laughs> um, so one place that I, I, I used to have this thing that at the beginning of the year, I would pick an alphabet letter and I'm like, okay, I, I want to go to Ireland and I want to go to Iceland. And so I chose I before COVID and I would really love to go experience Iceland uh, the people, uh, the the land. I would love to see the Nordic Lights and stay in one of those glass igloos. That's that's a, a big fantasy uh, for me. And and then I'll pop over to Ireland just to be able to check it off my list. Yeah, I think those are both very very. I've been to both, and I oh, they yeah. are. Both, I've got very good friends here. But one of my best friend here is Irish, so Ireland has been a few times. Iceland, I've only been once, and I did not see the Northern Light. And I want to go back to somewhere, whether it's Finland or I really want to see that too one day because I see it on pictures, and I always think, why didn't I see that? But yeah, uh, yeah I'm with you. I agree with you. So we have already gone quite far into our time. Is there anything else that you would want to share with us about the Wind Foundation? I'd like to hear just a tiny bit more about that. Oh, um, the Wind Foundation, I'd love to share about the divine and invite any of the viewers if they want that wonderful experience. So the Wind Foundation is a nonprofit organization that I founded 25 years ago also. And I founded it because I was married once before and I found myself living under the, the pain and the secrets and the shames of an abusive um, marriage. I didn't know how to navigate myself out of it. So when I was finally out of it and on with my life, my, I had remarried and my husband had asked me, you know, so what are you going to do with all the lessons that you learned about healing? And that was before I went back to school for my PhD and whatnot. And I said, nothing, I'm going to leave this environment and never look back and get on with the life that I dreamed of and whatnot. And he's like, shame on you, because what's going to happen if you come across a young girl who cried the tears you did and because you never spoke and shared that she's going to remain in years of suffering like you did. And just the thought of another person enduring what I did, um, I said, okay, I have to do something. So that was the birth of the foundation. And the way that all of my companies merged together and the way that the Wynn Foundation, which is you know a pretty heavy subject, partners with the Mrs. Globe is that the Mrs. Globe serves as a fundraiser for the Wynn Foundation. So we run weekly classes. We have three classes a week that they're all online now ever since COVID and they'll stay online. Um, it's a program called Reclaiming Me. 
And it's specifically geared to women who have been traumatized due to narcissistic abuse and how to get themselves back and hold on to themselves and repair themselves um, when they've been trampled by this pretty brutal condition. Yes, because it would have been wrong not to share. And this famous phrase, again, I don't know who said it, but it's important to tell our story because our story could be somebody else's survival guide. I think that is it's 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 really important to share what we've learned and to pass it on. Yes, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. The last thing I would love to share about is the Discover the Divine Conference. The Discover the Divine Conference is a, this amazing conference that is. I'm going on my fourth year. Um, Greece is always the backdrop to it uh, because I love Greece and what other better place to to find your divine inner goddess than the land of the god and goddesses, and it's a it's a it's a a wanderlust uh, event in that we we do the whole experience of diving into uh, deep dive into Greece, but I like to do my events where I call them where where wisdom and wanderlust meet. And so we have these great workshops. Um, we don't start too early. We start at 10 in the morning so people get asleep. <laughs> and uh, we start off with belly dancing on the beach. And um, and then uh, I teach uh, in the morning classes and we teach on, um, you know, what is the divine feminine? Um, this year I'm, I'm speaking on the power of imagination and how our imagination is what holds our future and, and being imaginative and thinking outside the box is a very feminine um, characteristic, a feminine energy characteristic. I teach a bit on the divine erotic, which is really exciting to awaken women back to their beautiful uh, divine erotic. Um, our theme this year is called uh, glistening magic. And I'm going to teach uh, a very important message about how at our cellular level, we are gold and what that means as far as what we can accomplish in life. Fantastic. Discover the divine. We are going to put all of these links and whatever we've been talking about in the show notes. Maybe we can uh, inspire somebody to apply to become Mrs. Globe. Who knows? We would love it. We would love it. It's great. I don't think that anybody from Cyprus has ever participated in the Mrs. Globe. We've had one uh, Mrs. Cyprus. Her name is Diana and she is a filmmaker um, doing some really creative stuff out of Cyprus. And I've been to Cyprus uh, many times. Actually, I have a very good friend in Cyprus. Uh, I love I love your island. Well, next time you come, you definitely have to get together, and um, and I may even come and discover the divine with you. Oh, I would love to have you. I would love to have you. You and Greta, and yes. I, I'm grateful because Greta is the reason that I was able to connect with the Global Women's or uh, Club as well as with you personally. It's amazing how small the world actually gets when you start talking to women and these different organizations. And I love all this networking. I have met so many amazing women, amazing women like you. And um, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for this interview. Thank you so much for having me. And I wish you a good weekend. And to all your guests, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.